0: (laughs) I think I bumped my phone with my face.
1: Welcome to darkness dwells episode 20 this week uh Michael and I we sit and we discuss the Eduardo Sanchez 2014 Bigfoot movie exists uh, Sanchez is of course one half of the cr- creative brilliance behind the Blair Witch project and uh yeah you heard that correctly I said brilliant I uh, I think you really have to have been I've said this before and, uh, honestly, this, this episode is actually, uh, you could call it a repeat. If you haven't been listening since the very beginning of, uh, of our podcast presentations, uh, it- and I'm talking about not this feed, but the old feed um, where we made it to episode 40 before I switched uh, switched uh, services. Anyway, so this is where that's from. It's from the old feed, this discussion. Now, the reason why we're playing this, I'm going to put this as an aside, is because, while well, both Michael and I were having technical issues on the episode we did want to <laughs> present to you this week. And so that's going to be next week now. So stay tuned for that. Uh, but this one, uh, Eduardo Sanchez being one half of, uh, the brilliance behind the Blair Witch Project. Now, if you weren't alive back then, or at least aware of what was going on in the whole movie scene, they really, uh, created a stir, these, uh, these Blair Witch, uh, or the Blair Witch movie, uh, did. I remember, uh, uh when it, was, it was basically like a really big internet sensation before it was brought to theaters, and it freaked everyone out. Everyone, well, not everyone, but a lot of people thought it was real. The people I worked with thought it was real, and, uh... I don't know, man. There's nothing that beats going to the theater to see it, and after the lights come back on, as the credits are rolling up, nobody fucking moves. Because everyone's stunned. Everyone doesn't know what they just watched. Uh, they're like is this real was this real it couldn't have been but you know obviously we found out it wasn't real but it was it was really interesting to have gone through that and so i'm always going to have fond fond memories of the blair witch project and uh so yeah we uh we also have horror movie news and uh horror literature new releases now, before we get into any of that, I've uh, talked too long, <laughs> um, let me tell you about our sponsor. Our sponsor is Audible.com, and uh, they, if you don't know what Audible.com is, they uh, they have audiobooks. It's an online site run by Amazon, I believe, that uh, it's a monthly uh, membership you can join, and... Uh, Okay, what you can do is you can uh, go to www.audibletrial.com slash darknessdwells. And when you get there, you choose any audiobook that you want. And then you sign up for your free month trial. And what that means is you get that audiobook you chose for free. And you get to keep it too. Um, After that, it's approximately $15 a month. And uh, what that entails is one ebook. Or not ebook. I always call them e-books. Christ. <laughs> uh, one audiobook uh, a month. And now I've been using this uh, service for I don't know many years, like many years. I'm a big audiobook listener, and you could say that's how I got my start into listening to podcasts. But uh, I highly recommend audi- mm. <laughs> I highly recommend Audible.com. Uh, If you like audiobooks and I if you don't know about audiobooks or have never listened to one, I highly recommend that you uh, give it a try. There's nothing better than listening to an awesome story while commuting to and from work or You know, doing some chores around the house. And Audible.com, you might think, doesn't have a good selection. But they have an awesome selection, even in the horror category. And so this week, since, uh, you know, Michael and I are talking about uh, Mr. Bigfoot, I thought uh, that I would recommend Working Working for Bigfoot by Jim Butcher. Uh, this audiobook is narrated by James Marsters, and it is 3 hours and 47 minutes of unabridged audiobook. Now, here is the synopsis for this one. Chicago wizard for hire Harry Dresden is used to mysterious clients with long hair and legs up to here. But when it turns out, the long hair covers every square inch of his latest client's body, and the legs contribute to a 9-foot height... Even the redoubtable detective realizes he's treading new ground. Strength of a river in his shoulders is one of the legendary forest people. That's quite the name, too. Strength of a river in his shoulders. (laughs) A Bigfoot, he is, and he has a problem that only Harry can solve. His son, Irwin is a Skion, a child of a supernatural creature and a human. He's a good kid, but the extraordinary strength of his magical aura has a way of attracting trouble. In the three novellas that make up working for Bigfoot, collected together here for the first time, listeners encounter Dresden at different points in his storied career and in Erwin's life. As a middle schooler in B is for Bigfoot, Erwin attracts the unwelcome attention of a pair of bullying brothers who are more than what they seem, and when Harry steps in, it turns out they have a mystical guardian of their own, At a fancy private school in I Was a Teenage Bigfoot, Harry is called in when Erwin grows ill for the first time, and it's not just a case of mono. Finally, Erwin is all grown up, and has a grown-up's typical problems uh, as a freshman in college and Bigfoot on campus, or would, if typical included, vampires. (laughs) Alright, so uh, obviously this Bigfoot is very different from the bigfoot that michael and i are going to discuss <laughs> because uh the bigfoot in the movie exists is a very pissed off and violent bigfoot he's not going to any harry dresden but <laughs> for help but uh you know uh these uh jim butcher books uh you know the Harry's dresden files and whatnot uh they're they're fun and that's what they're supposed to be. Now, if you're looking for some more fun and more recommendations, I was looking through the Bigfoot books that Audible.com has here. And apparently they have some Bigfoot erotica. Yes, you heard it here. Bigfoot erotica. Now, uh, One of them that caught my eye <laughs> was, uh, a, <clears throat> excuse me, Come for Bigfoot, the monster sex series, book one. <laughs> now this book is only an hour and 23 minutes it's written by Virginia Wade and narrated by Lolita Young now this one I wouldn't recommend choosing for your for your free membership because in reality it only costs about five dollars but man there's a lot of weird erotica out there but (laughs) yeah Let's take a look at the synopsis for this one because it's just too funny. Now, book one of the Monster Sex series. If you go into the woods today, dot dot dot, <laughs> on a weekend long or a week long outing in Mount Hood National Forest, what begins as a flirty, fun-filled trip soon turns into a nightmare when a ape-like creature kidnaps a group of young women with the purpose of procreating with them. This story contains oral sex, fingering, penetration with a large object, and a ménage à trois. All characters are 18 and above. And it's, of course, uh, meant for uh, adults 18 and above. My god. Uh, What's the world coming to? Do women really fantasize about... About bigfoot forcing themselves upon them or is this something guys would read i don't know man it just sounds fucking weird (laughs) but yeah so you you have your pick of the litter here my friends uh join audible.com today and the address to do so with us which helps us uh helps us pay the bills if you go through this link and choose a free membership or a free audiobook for your first month uh, free trial membership and that is www.audibletrial.com slash dwells. and uh, don't worry, you don't have to admit to downloading any of the Bigfoot erotica we'll keep it just between us <laughs> all right so into the news we go and now for the first thing up i'm i think i may have mentioned this one before or at least something to it i think that uh we were talking about the old inception of this remake and uh what we have here is the suspiria remake is to be directed by luca uh guada oh fuck this name Guadagn Guadenino. ah <laughs> i did it Guadagnino. okay now uh I got this from JoeBlow.com, and it's written by Cody Hammond, and, uh, uh, what he had to say was that three years ago, the remake of Dario Gentos' classic Suspiria, uh, was very close to being actually done, but, uh, and it was going to be done by David Gordon Green, and, uh, uh... It was going to be a story about American ballet student who transfers to a prestigious dance academy in Germany, but realizes that the academy is a font, or sorry, a front for something far more sinister and supernatural, uh, amidst a series of murders. Now, uh, obviously, that didn't happen, and uh, but it is on the table again, but not with uh, uh, David Gordon Green. Now, uh, Guadagnino. Has revealed his involvement with Suspiria and uh, and he's speaking with Empire at the Venice Film Festival uh, and and he had this to say about his approach to the material my version is going to be set in Berlin in 1977 it's going to be about the mother and the concept of motherhood and about the uncompromising force of motherhood it's going to be about finding your inner voice the title is very evocative on these grounds. And it's going to be a very different movie than the one by Dario Argento and maybe a child of its own times. It's very del- delicate, almost childish. I have a very strong interest in German literature and film so I think my Suspiria will have to focus very strongly on that moment in history in 1977 when Germany was divided in a new generation was claiming and asking to recognize the debt of guilt that, forgot, that forged the new Germany after the war against the fathers who wanted to deny the responsibility. Which is pretty heavy-handed when you think about it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's always been a <laughs> the remake of, a, of Suspiria has always been difficult for me to wrap my head around honestly because the original is so unique that I don't know why would you want to why not just create another story and not call it Suspiria the only reason why they want to call it Suspiria especially if they're going that far off the grid is because they just want to attach their name (laughs) or that name to their project to get the attention and the money of uh, people who are going to buy this now I'll, I'll probably still check it out but uh I don't know Let's see how this turns out, if it even comes to fruition. Now, movie time, movie trailer time, official US trailer for Krampus, Krampa, Krampus the Christmas Story. Uh, so this is the synopsis for uh, Krampus. When his dysfunctional family clashes over the holidays, young Max is delusioned and turns his back on Christmas. Little does he know, this lack of festive spirit has unleashed the wrath of Krampus, a demonic force of ancient evil intent on punishing non-believers. Now, this is by Legendary and Universal Pictures, and you can look for it in theaters December 4th. So, let us uh, delve into this... uh, Uh, this trailer it looks like it's going to be a fun one (laughs) I I hope that I can uh, get out there to see it myself so let's check that out
2: Merry Christmas Christmas most magical time of year. Tell me you will find the perfect Christmas tree.
1: It's Christmas. Christmas is all about forgiveness and family and tradition. Santa, lots of kids are depending on tonight going off without a hit.
2: But in Bailey Downs this Christmas, it's different.
1: Exactly one year ago, last Christmas Eve, the school was the scene of an unimaginable crime
0: still want to go down there just for some stupid school assignment
1: i guess there's any door in
2: the school this is krampus right What's a krampus he's like an anti Claus, a demon who punishes the naughty he whips them and chains them up stuff like that that's fine it's the elves i fear they may all become infected how did it all come with this
0: We're trapped down here, and there's a psychopath
2: on the loose. Bring the changeling back to the forest. That ain't his son.
1: Did you not see what he did? The atmosphere here in Bailey Downs
2: is truly grim this holiday season. It's the warm Christmas.
1: Now tell me that doesn't sound cool. <laughs> I, uh, honestly, I'm a big fan of, uh, of Christmas. Um, my two favorite holidays are Halloween as number one and Christmas as number two. Uh, <laughs> but I, I, I love Christmas movies, and uh, I think Christmas horror movies are kind of a... Uh, well, they've been around for a while, obviously, but uh, they seem to be making more of them these days, and usually they suck real bad, but this one looks like it'll be fun. <laughs> All right, so moving along, uh, even though uh, he'll never hear this from me, and you probably wouldn't care if he did, but that's okay. I want to congratulate Stephen King on getting the National Medal of Arts uh, Award this week. Uh, if you don't know what that is, the definition by Wikipedia is, uh, the National Medal of Arts is an award and title created by the United States Congress in 1984, and it's for the purpose of honoring artists and patrons of the arts. A prestigious American honor, it is the highest honor honor specifically given for achievement in the arts, uh conferred to an individual artist on behalf of the people and this week uh stephen king was presented this award by president obama now that's pretty big for especially you know stephen king he's a horror writer uh that's fucking awesome man like seriously uh i i am really proud not only of of stephen king but you know of the horror genre itself hopefully this will help unveil uh whatever Goddamn cloud hangs over uh, the the horror genre. Instead of looking down on horror, as most uh, people do, maybe they'll uh, be able to look at it differently now. Okay, so let's move on to... uh, See, Speaking of writers, let's let's move on to the horror literature new releases. And from Permuted Press, we have The Lilitu. And this is from The Lilitu Trilogy Book 1. Now, this is by Toby Tate, and I also suggest you check out toby tate's book lilith and this is from uh uh dark views as i believe this book or uh the lilitu is uh in at least i don't know if it's in the same series or if it's in the same universe but i know it's very close and uh i read lilith and it was a lot of fun uh, unfortunately, speaking of Dark Views, unfortunately they don't have any releases this week. So we're going to move on to Severed Press. And they have Keiju Inferno, the Keiju Winter Book 3. And this is by Jake Bible, who's been very prolific lately. It's crazy. Uh, from Severed Press we also have uh, Red Asphalt, Raptor Apocalypse, Book 2. Uh, and this is by Steve R. Yeager. Uh, we also have Atomic Rex, a Keiju Thriller by Matthew Denoyan. And from Ragnarok Press, we have The Silent End by Samuel Satin. All right, so that is uh, the horror movie news and horror literature new releases, at least as far as I could find them. And as I forgot to mention, this was for the week in and around of September 8th, 2015. Okay, we are gonna take a pause here to uh for some important messages and when when I get back, I'm going to be, travel back into time where I will be joined by Michael and we are going to discuss the Bigfoot uh, horror movie exists. Welcome to the Darkness Dwells Podcast. Here's a place where you can rest your feet and take off your hat. Nobody will judge you here. Nobody will care. It's just you and the horrors of everyday life. You know, the monsters that crawl in your basement with cold, unfeeling tentacles. It's the menace that hides in your attic, swearing to kill you and your family each night while you swirl single melt scotch in your cups and your wife prays for your soul. You shouldn't be watching those movies, the voices say. You shouldn't be reading those books. But you do. Join Jason White and Michael Schutz Ryan each week as they discuss dark, innocence-killing movies and books. We know you'll have found a new home. Darkness Dwells, available on iTunes and Stitcher. Leave a review on iTunes and or Stitcher, and the darkness will love you back. The Darkness Dwells Podcast. My name is X. And I'm Cootie. Please consider
0: us your high priest
1: and priestess
0: of satanic cinema.
1: Join us on our podcast, Kiss the Goat, which will drag your soul through some of the finest
0: and worst
1: devil movies of the last 50 years.
0: Devils and demons, exorcisms and possessions, cults and rituals, dogs and cats living together. Is that a devil movie? Maybe, sort of. I don't know, babe. We'll talk about it later. Join us on the Horrorphilia Podcast Network every other week as we don our
1: hoods and cloaks and kiss, kiss the, the goats. Goat.
2: It's
1: a hell of a good time.
2: I knew you were going to say that.
1: Of course you did.
2: It's in the script. Hammer Film Productions began in 1934 and after producing almost 200 films and television programs, the studio is still releasing and re-releasing new and classic film titles. 1951 Downplace is the podcast that brings you the story of the great Hammer films, one movie at a time. Here are your hosts describing what Hammer means to them. First is Casey.
0: Hammer means the beautiful and glamorous women of Hammer Horror, the engaging storytelling and amazing
1: period films.
2: Joining him is Derek. Hammer means the incredible work of
1: actors like Peter Cushing, Christopher Lee, and even Michael Ripper. The gothic storytelling,
2: the incredible music, and the set pieces. And finally, here's Scott.
1: Um, well, Hammer means how to get a nail into a block of wood.
2: (laughs) This boy has a lot to learn. Join our hosts as they make their journey through the Hammer Films catalogue and discuss each film with critical opinion, historical facts, production notes and other information about these classic films. 1951 Downplace can be found in iTunes or their website www.1951downplace.com
1: Should I have said Hammer Pants?
2: 1951 Downplace, the home of Hammer Films Discussion. Tender touch of a woman.
1: Uh, Brian just needs to be touched by another human being.
2: Leave oh, I mean Brian said Sex life alone. Leave Brian alone. You ladies gonna get down next? Whoa. <laughs> I don't we, think guys, we got. We
1: like, got.
2: We are officially in un-GPS territory. Look. Yeah.
1: Rolling deep in the woods. Bro, your uncle has a cabin out here. <laughs> yeah, oh. dude. Is that it? Yeah. Seriously, that's awesome guys looks a lot
0: better
2: in the daylight You gotta be kidding me man Ew. I went out and I bought one of these bad boys. We're gonna have the best youtube video ever Looks like a little love walk going on.
1: I shouldn't be shooting this. What
2: the hell is that? There's something over there
1: <laughs> He ran across that ridge right there
0: Hello? Let's go back. I think we did something to him. So no one knows we're right here. No. What are you doing? I got some GoPros set up. If anything moves up in here, Brian is gonna catch
1: it. What is that?
2: Shut up. Oh Get the lights! Get the lights! Get the lights! There's no credible documented cases of a Sasquatch attack. Shut up about a Sasquatch. It's okay. There's nothing out here. Uncle Bob! Oh, sorry, it's Matt! Gonna... We're off the gallows <laughs> Pushing
1: the end. Hey Michael, how's it going today?
0: It's great, Jason. Thanks for having me back.
1: So uh so Exists is a found footage movie. Um, what do you think of the found footage genre?
0: Well, to be honest, I'm getting a little tired of it. Um yeah. that was kind of a stumbling block for me about this movie Um, you know when I I start, when I first see that it's found footage you know lately I kind of take a step back but I do have to say that uh, the director Eduardo Sanchez, he certainly does something with with the genre that's good, I mean of course he's kind of the father of modern found footage um, being the co-writer and co-director of the Blair Witch Project so he certainly knows what he's doing
1: yeah, indeed. And, uh, uh, although there's a, there's, there is a ton of found footage films. Like you, I, uh, when I, f- when I find out that a, a found footage film, or when a film is found footage, I tend to roll my eyes and balk at watching it. Be- because I, I'm afraid it's just going to be a heaping pile of, of crap. <laughs> and usually it is. I, I know
0: how you feel. Yeah. It usually is. Um, I did find another good one that I just watched a couple days ago on Netflix. It's called uh, The Houses That October Built, which, like exists, actually has some some good acting. Um, and and the houses that October built. It's a really good premise too. It's it's a group of friends as <laughs> they always seem to be, but they're on the hunt for the scariest, most extreme haunted house. During during the Halloween season And yeah. and I'd recommend that one too So um, I guess on the other end of the spectrum I, I have to say that I watched VHS Viral And uh-huh. that one uh, I couldn't give very high
1: marks to at all No, that one I, I tried to watch that one too and it was terrible I, th- I thought uh, this, uh, The first two were decent uh, The second one I thought was actually really good Except for maybe the first skit But the rest of them were just I thought it was awesome, but as for viral, it just—I yeah. don't know—it just collapsed.
0: It it didn't even it didn't feel the same it 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 was it was kind of terrible actually it, and and what they did with the camera effects so that it looks like the battery's going out and and like the camera's shaking so it goes out a little bit that that just drives me crazy that gives me a headache.
1: Yeah, I really hate when when uh, when. <laughs> When they do that, especially when there's no need Um, Almost every Found footage, especially ones That use the digital cameras Will have that Or something similar to it
0: It makes me feel like a cranky old man Saying, I don't want to watch that crap (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
1: it gives me a headache (laughs) What's wrong with movies today? (laughs) (laughs) Terrible no, i think I think we all uh have that cranky old man in us when it comes to movies, to be honest with you uh <laughs> but uh yeah speaking they- of like a, a lot of those twitches and whatnot uh the movie we we're going to discuss this week had a ton of them uh your uh, talking about that made me think of this that there was a lot of of those you know where the camera is like blinking in and out and you hear all this high pitch kind of squealing that is indicating to you that the camera is damaged or was damaged for a second or two and now is better when it really didn't need to be there. <laughs> I don't know why they do it, but it's really annoying, yeah.
0: I I think they're trying to add a little bit more realism as as if we don't understand the found footage genre that these are, these are cameras and capturing it, but... Uh, it's weird because I don't really remember that happening all that much in exists. So I guess yeah. that's a good thing that I was caught up in the story so much I didn't notice that.
1: Yeah, that's actually one thing I really like about uh, found footage is if it if it's done right, it can totally absorb your attention, and you get completely lost. Yeah, in really
0: bring you into the story. Yeah,
1: yeah. I remember. Uh, oh, Blair Witch itself was, I think the movie itself the storyline isn't brilliant there's nothing really brilliant about that but the way they marketed that film was superbly uh, brilliant because they made everyone think it was real and uh, I remember and a lot
0: that. Of, that was such a that was a great time
1: yeah it was because I remember when this happened because uh, they leaked it on you know I, I say leaked with question or quotation marks uh, they leaked yeah. it onto, onto the internet to, to make it look real and uh, it worked because so, somebody I was working with, uh, he came to me and he's like, have you seen this Blair Witch Project thing? I was like, no, what are you talking about? And he went to tell me on about the Haunted Forest and how it killed these people. And they found the tapes. Uh, and and you basically see what happens to them. And he was like, I was scared, man. I was so scared. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, for me, it got my imagination working while I was working all that that whole shift i was thinking about writing a story about a haunted forest
0: <laughs> oh yeah i you know i grew up right next to uh, to a marsh and the woods so that's always always fascinated me i think maybe yeah. that's why the blair witch well there's lots of reasons why why i like that movie but uh but yeah. the whole spooky woods thing i i really understand that
1: yeah i i love that movie too like like I, like I said, there's nothing really special about the story, but it does draw you in. And uh, I don't know why there's so much hatred for that movie today, uh, honestly. Because because it was very much a success when it came out. And uh, even after the fact of us knowing it's just a, just a movie, not real, uh, it was released into theaters, and I went to see it uh, with my friends. And after the credits rolled up, everyone sat in their seat... Like I said, everyone by this point knew it was just a movie, but everyone sat in their seat until at least the credits were halfway rolled up, and the whole theater was silent. Like, we were just all trying to digest what we had just seen. Was it real? Like, this was a very revolutionary thing. Was this real, or or are, are they fucking with us? Is what is this a movie? What's going on?
0: <laughs> it, it completely blew me away. I know just what, what you're talking about in, in the theater you were in. I went to go see it at the first showing, the midnight showing
2: Uh
0: and I couldn't get it out of my mind all night long and I went to the very first matinee the next day to see it again it it stunned me, it creeped me the hell out
1: yeah, it's brilliant, it was awesome and uh, one of the guys who did that movie worked on Exists Uh, he directed it and uh, he he only directed it Uh, Jamie Nash wrote it And this movie exists, stars Samuel Davis, Dora Madison Burge, and uh, Roger Edwards, among other people. Um, And here's the synopsis. It's pretty, just like Blair Witch, it's a pretty simple storyline. A group of friends who venture into the remote Texas woods for a party weekend at uh, one of their uncle's uh, cabin find themselves stalked by Bigfoot. Um So, what happens is that they travel to to their cabin in the woods uh and they accidentally hit something in the dark while they're driving there. They don't know what it is, and once they get to the cabin, they are haunted by the cries of some unknown beast uh during the first night, and then the attacks begin <laughs> and i think I think that's pretty much a good synopsis for it, don't you
0: yeah, i mean, there's there's not really too much more to say. No. synopsis wise. No, definitely cover- not.
1: So, uh, and, and your- I
0: think, like like I said, my my first thoughts about this movie were, you know, the reluctance to watch another found footage. Um, the other problem that I, I had with it was that um, I'm not the biggest Bigfoot fan.
1: Um, oh yeah.
0: And I don't really find that all that frightening. Uh, no. The whole, you know, over in the woods with Bigfoot. Um, Although I do have to say that Exists is, um, they make it very harrowing. The actual events of, of the movie are, are really quite scary. That, uh, yeah. What they go through is quite an ordeal.
1: Exactly. Like I, was, uh, I watched it for the second time last night in preparation for the show. Excuse me. And uh, <clears throat> um, I found that it, spooked me out just as much as uh, the first time I watched it um, I had that feeling like during the movie I had to go to the washroom and on my way back I kind of had to hurry to get back not because I wanted to see the movie <laughs> but because I had to get my feet off the ground <laughs> you know that feeling when you're I a love kid that and you like yeah so I was like all, all, I was kind of spooked out well, thinking yeah. of this movie and I had to get my feet off the ground for some reason that always makes you feel safer I don't know why but so yeah, I was spooked out pretty good, <laughs> and I love that when a movie can do that. But uh, the attack scenes are
0: intense; they're very intense. They really had me sweating.
1: Yeah, yeah, and, <laughs> uh, and you know you get a little bit of butt clenching going on there <laughs> with some of the uh, yeah with some of the like, especially uh, the very first uh, invasion, I guess you could call it, into the cabin when when the beast tries to uh, get in for the first time and he starts slamming himself up against the front door and everything's dark you can't really see too much but you can hear it and you can kind of see the door and it's like jiggling as it slams into it I mean just putting yourself there I don't know man I'd shit my pants
0: (laughs) (laughs) I I definitely would I mean I just said that you know Bigfoot doesn't really scare me but if I were there if that was happening to me that's a whole different story (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that was pretty terrifying, um, yeah, I guess the so the thing about this movie was is the flip side and and we talked about about this just a little bit that I always get a little bit sad and and I end up sort of empathizing with the with the monster with the creature, whatever it is, and yeah. In subsequent attacks, when when the when the friends were armed, I found myself being, "Oh, don't don't shoot him! Please, don't shoot him!" Yeah. So <laughs> while I'm terrified of the attack, I'm also thinking, "Well, you stupid people, you shouldn't be out there in the first place."
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and by the end of the movie, you realize that you know there are technically there's no good guy or bad guy in this film. Uh, each uh, side, uh, the side being of the humans and uh, Bigfoot. Uh, Bigfoot itself—they uh, have a very good reason for what's going on, <laughs> and uh, and yeah. it's actually very yeah. sad. It's a very sad uh, uh, circumstance that that comes about as to why Bigfoot is attacking them.
0: And and that whole dramatic thread that really impressed me—that um, added a, a whole different layer to the movie and and justified a lot. Well, justified all of the action that was going on um, in a way that you don't see in a lot of these found footage movies because they're so cheaply made, so quickly made, that yeah. uh, just that little extra thought put into exists, it, it made a big difference in the end. Yeah,
1: and uh, I could kind of empathize so much more with uh, with Bigfoot once we realize the reason as to what's happening. Um, so, uh, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen this movie You might want to uh, skip uh, the next ten minutes or so. Who knows? Uh, Maybe five minutes. But I just wanted to to say uh, what happens at the end, and you learn that what they hit on the way to the uh, to the cabin is Bigfoot's uh, Bigfoot's child, (laughs) and uh, the child doesn't survive. Bigfoot baby. Yeah, indeed, and so the first couple was, of nights that
0: was really sad. I just laughed, but that was really sad.
1: <laughs> it is sad, and it, well, <laughs> the way you said that was pretty funny, though. But um, <coughs> it's also uh, kind of disturbing because you, you just take a look at the timeline of the film. Um, watching it a second time gave me the opportunity to to pay attention to the timeline of the story, and the first night, all you hear are these cries coming from the woods and they're, yeah. they're kind of spooky the first time you saw it you're like oh man that's spooky you know second time you see it you're like man that's yeah very reminiscent
0: of Blair Witch too I yeah
1: know? oh very much so but the second time you see it you're like oh that's not spooky at all that's sad because it's Bigfoot crying yeah
0: when you know what it is Terrible. yeah
1: it is he or she is crying over the loss of their child I imagine it's a she considering uh because most most animals, in yeah. life, it's the mother that takes care of the uh, the young, right?
0: Yeah, I I think that's a, a fair assumption. I I think that was the mother.
1: So she's crying in the woods, and uh, the second night, uh, well, the second day actually, she uh, she scoping them out, and she, and one of the st- the stoner guy, <laughs> he uh, manages to catch her on on film because he has these GoPro cameras uh pretty much put everywhere well at first th- they only put it on their helmets and bikes because they're taking their bikes and and they're jumping into the river uh with their bicycles which uh i guess would be kind of fun if you're into that um i wanted to talk about <laughs> the characters quickly yeah. Yeah. because the characters i thought they were well done i didn't like any character to be honest with you i thought they were all idiots but You have to take a look at who they were. Um, They're all, you know, in their early 20s. Life is like a giant long road ahead of them. They're careless. They're angry. They're, you know, everything when you're a kid or a young adult uh, is. And, you know, typically everyone is an idiot when they're 20 years old. And these guys are no exception. You know what I mean? And they make really bad decisions. But I think uh, the idiocy... (laughs) of uh, their character in the first place, uh, kind of compensates for some of the bad decisions they make. Uh, like there's one part where, uh, uh, I forget his name, uh, Todd I think it is, he just gets fed up and he st- calls out Bigfoot, and he's like, come on, I'll take you on. I'm like, are you fucking stupid? <laughs> 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 and of course yeah, it doesn't I, work out I really out think
0: that, um, still... You no, know, you're you're right that I mean they're in a way that, that they're the kind of two-dimensional, young young careless people, but they're played really well and with with just just enough um, dare I say depth that it's it's above the usual kind of poor acting that you'd find yeah. in in these kind of movies. I I thought that uh, you know the characters and, and the actors were pretty good. I mm. did like actually the the main stoner guy. I thought that, especially at at the end, um, yeah. his reactions and yeah. and what comes about his his sympathy, that plays very well. Mm. Um, he really becomes a sympathetic character. I think, yeah. and and even kind of his fun loving spirit while he's while he's trying yeah. to film Bigfoot. That's
1: true. He, yeah,
0: uh, he really he played played that character very well.
1: Yeah, he was he was the only character I actually kind of liked. Um, he was probably one of the bigger mm-hmm. idiots, but he he was also he didn't do anything stupid. Yeah, mean, he, he didn't do anything overly stupid. He was just well, he was the stoner guy. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> So he yeah. he was a bit of an idiot, the you know, like doofus. Yeah, the big lovable doofus. Yes. And uh like you you're right though. I think he was probably Uh, the best actor in the film too simply because of what happens at the end Um, when he realizes what happened uh, and what they did or or what they hit with their car um, and when he's confronting uh, Bigfoot at the end it's just uh, it's heartbreaking
0: it was it uh it was very emotional for me. And that was very welcome. I, I like that it, it was basically a twist ending, not so much because of, of what we know they hit with their car, but the the emotional turn that, you know, went from being a horror story to something very dramatic. Um that that played really well
1: for me. Yeah, for sure. Um yeah, that that part is like what made me fall in love with this film because it had a very str- it was very well shot first of all, and it had a very mature feel to it. Um, I think you'd have to be yeah, a little older.
0: That I was just, just thinking that word. I was thinking yeah. that word mature.
1: Yeah, it was very it, like I don't think uh, too many uh, people in their early twenties. Like if if the cast of this uh, film were real, um, real characters, I don't think they would get it. Totally, unless they went through it, you know what I mean. Like, uh, like the stoner, uh, the stoner guy, if, because by the end he does get it because of everything that happened. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't think too. I don't think too many uh, teenagers or whatever uh, would get the uh, uh, the implications. I think, I, I, which could you know very well.
0: I suppose you're right. Yeah, but, uh, that, that's really. It's kind of a sad thing to to realize about our our culture, but but I think you're right.
1: Well, I don't think it's a, a necessarily a thing about our culture. It's just you, you take the uh, the characters themselves; they're just young. They they haven't lived long enough yet to understand uh, those types of complex and dark emotions. Uh, their yeah. existence is, you know, the uh, the emotions that they feel, and uh, it's usually. When you grow older, you f- you find just how silly sometimes you were when you were younger.
0: Yeah, certainly do. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, uh, I just want to mention another creepy part that gave me shivers. Uh, when they send out one of the brothers, uh, Matt, I think his name is, they send him out on his uh, bicycle, and these are like professional bicycles, I, th- I would say. These guys, they're all in shape. They look like they... Uh, they might even ride bicycles professionally somehow. I don't know. Uh, the Go cameras kind of suggest that maybe that's the case. Um, but anyways, they sent him out in his bicycle and uh, because they can't get a phone reception. Now, cell phone reception has become a big issue in horror movies because the big issue being, you know, you're out in the woods, you're lost, phone someone, right? Right. Yeah. but i think i think they i think they did a good job dealing with that by h- hitting it head on like they're trying to get a signal uh proactively rather than just holding the phone up in the air occasionally and uh, i love that scene when he's out on yeah. his bike and it doesn't end well for him and later on uh, about 2 minutes later in our time but it could be like a couple hours their time uh matt's bike is thrown up against the side of uh of of the cabin. <laughs> now that would oh my god, that that's just malicious. There there is serious anger in that. That's yeah. that's saying you're not getting out of here, motherfuckers. You're all gonna die.
0: <laughs> yeah, and it shows a, a sentience too that whatever is doing this to them
1: Yeah is it conscious what of it. Exactly, it, yeah. And that's even yeah. scarier. Uh, yeah I love that
0: and I also liked that a lot of this happened during the day because so often in horror movies the, the spooky things only happen at night but yeah. they exist to get a lot of daytime terror you know especially like the uh, like the scene with Matt um, trying to ride out that was during the day and when our when our stoner guy was you know first Got some of the shots that was during the day. I'm always yeah. really impressed with with that when I watch a watch a scary movie and they can pull off the scares during daylight hours.
1: Yeah, because uh, that scene where he's riding his bike and he runs into Bigfoot and it's running alongside him. It's just in the woods. You can barely see it, but it's there. Uh, and he's trying to outride it, but it's faster than him. That's just that's spooky as shit. I mean, it's, it's shot in the day, day, but a
0: closer, a little closer.
1: Yeah, and then finally it cuts him off and. It's like, wow, man, that's just... It's scary. It's awesome. Yeah. So, I, I felt that there were some problems with the movie, too. Um, like, no film is perfect. Like, every time somebody tripped or fell, uh, the camera would, like, do this flippy thing that I found annoying, and it did it a lot. Um, I also yeah. found that there's probably too many cameras. Like, every for every important part of the film... Like, if this was a true... Uh, found footage film <laughs> you wouldn't see all the important parts there there would be some some things left to amb, amb, you know, ambiguity uh, but every time there's a big thing that happens, uh, the camera's there right focused on it <laughs> like for example, it's yeah, a really awesome ones scene The are
2: completely blanketed by their
1: GoPros yeah, exactly <laughs> See, you got GoPros on the trees, you got GoPros on the on the deck, and everyone's got one strapped to them, <laughs> even after all your friends are dead, you still got your camera out and you're filming stuff.
0: yeah that <laughs> which is almost which is almost like a um a conscious reversal of of what he did in the Blair Witch project, which yeah. was very limited with with what we see. I mean intentionally so, you know um, a lot of the a lot of the Blair Witch project was the sound, it was the sound that was really spooky, but but it exists, you know, we get to see a lot, um, so the trade-off between, you know, getting to see a lot, meaning that there's way too many cameras out there, um, I, I like that we got to see a lot, um, it stretches yeah, the um, suspension of disbelief a bit, but I get it, I get it.
1: What what did you th- uh, the reason why I asked this next question is because I listened to a lot of podcasts and one podcast I listened actually I think both that addressed this movie um they found the body of the uh, infant uh, uh uh bigfoot they found it to be kind of ridiculous looking but I didn't find that at all I I thought it looked quite I mean yeah you have this hairy thing but it's bigfoot for Christ's sakes <laughs> Um, yeah. It looked it looked like a dead thing to me that you know that could have been a child in a you know a hairy suit but it's supposed to be hairy, so I don't know it was effective to me yeah what do you think I about didn't have
0: that? a problem with it I thought it, I thought it was very effective I yeah yeah I agree I didn't uh, I didn't think it was ridiculous at all
1: and I think the flies added to I, it,
0: A bunch yeah. of cynical people I think I I don't yeah, know what podcast you're talking about but. <laughs>
1: Yeah, maybe they're just cynical. Uh, I don't know, but uh, I also yeah. thought I also thought that the uh, the Sasquatch suit uh, for the main Bigfoot was really well done. Uh, I mean, you get a good close up at the end of what what she looks like, assuming it's a she, and uh, and it's like wow, it looks real. And her hair is like
0: human hair, and and Sanchez had had plenty of close-ups that showed that so it wasn't you know it. she wasn't furry she yeah. had actual hair and I thought that was quite ingenious it mm-hmm. kind of humanizes her even more
1: yeah and it was all also like uh, dreadlocked as it would be and uh, and knotted yeah. and dirty and uh, th- my very only very
0: realistic I thought I mean it's oh, very
1: I loved the, I loved the suit it's, it's almost perfect the only thing I wish, though, is that the monster was bigger, and much bigger, because there's a scene where, I think it's where uh, the monster kills the Todd character, uh, the black guy in the film. Uh, it's just after he, yeah. s- stupidly, like, this this has got to be one of the worst stupid errors anyone could ever make. You go in the woods, because the uncle is has <laughs> come to, to help them, and uh, he takes out the firecrackers they bought to, uh, to show, you know, to say, this is where we are. Uh, come get us and save us. Yeah. You're gonna draw Bigfoot too because it's there hunting. But uh, yeah, uh, the Bigfoot suit. Uh, I think it was brilliantly done, but I think it needed to be bigger. Uh, what was your thoughts on that?
0: I didn't even. I didn't think about that. I thought. Uh, I thought she was. She was a good size. Um, I would think that uh, because I. I think that Sanchez wanted to, again, make her as as human as possible, as relatable as possible.
1: Yeah. So
0: I like that, you know, Bigfoot was just a, just a little bit bigger, you know, not yeah. not too over the top.
1: Well, there's so one I was okay with it. Yeah, if it, well, I, I wanted it to be bigger. I wanted it to be like a good seven, eight feet tall. And, uh, you know, when you hear it walking, because there is a part at the end when uh, when Bigfoot turns away and walks away, um, and the stoner guy sets down the camera you don't really see anything but part of the bridge where he's uh, sitting near and you hear Bigfoot walking away and it's like thun, 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 thun. it's supposed to yeah. be a heavy beast right his
0: footsteps are quite thunderous
1: yeah but but really in reality this beast is only about the size of any one of these uh, characters <laughs> it might be wider yeah. in muscle and whatnot, not but uh, <laughs> but in, in height it's maybe 6 feet 6 foot 5 at the most so uh, very heavy footprints though <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what were your, what's your uh, overall uh, thoughts on the film and what is your rating?
0: Well, as we've been talking about it, I, I think i I started to like it even better. and I mean, the only problems that I really had was, of course my uh, my hesitation about found footage and my hesitation about about bigfoot movies but as far as a, a film goes i think it's really good i think it's very effective i think that it's it's frightening um i I'd, I'd give it 4 out of 5 stars i'd recommend it i'd recommend it highly cool
1: i uh i recommend it highly too uh i love this film i think uh my favorite i have a lot of one reason why i love this film is cuz i have a lot of favorite scenes there's a uh, there's things that, that really creeped me out, and that's not easy to do in a movie. And there's also things that got my adrenaline going, and uh, yeah. which also isn't easy to do. Uh, and then there's the end that uh, that touched me, as I guess as a father. Um, you could kind of understand the darkness and the complex emotions that are going on within the Beast's. Uh, head, and it really changes the dynamic of the film uh, from being a typical slasher um, slash found footage film into something, I don't know, uh, a little bit or maybe a lot more interesting. And so, yeah, I gave it a solid four out of five star, or dweller heads for me.
0: Yeah, dweller heads. <laughs> and, and you're right about the ending. It it elevated the movie um, a thousandfold from, from what it could have been.
1: Yeah, Very exactly. good. I'm,
0: I'm glad you recommended it to me.
1: Yeah, because it, like, it could have been just something stupid, but it turned out to be at least something that you'd dwell on for a little bit. <laughs> See what I did there? Dwell? Yeah. <laughs> Will or dwell. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, yeah. I, I need to go to bed.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, just
1: drink more coffee. You're, you're halfway there. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to drink a lot more coffee. All right, well, I'm going to let you go now. Okay. And uh, thanks again for uh, stopping on by.
0: I'm always happy to.
1: so that is the show for this week thanks as always for listening and uh, if you really want to help out the show as uh the <laughs> the, that promo that uh for the darkness Dolls podcast that i put on earlier in the episode um the best way to help us out is to uh, go to your itunes account if you have one and if you don't have one please consider creating one and uh subscribe to the show and uh, leave a, a rating And if you can also It would be really great if you could leave a review This helps the show be distributed by the gods That is iTunes <laughs> So that more people can see the show And uh, so there you have that uh, If you can do that, that would be like like totally awesome We would totally and completely appreciate it Uh, you can also uh, contact the show or you can do so uh, through email and the uh, address for that is darknessdwells74 at gmail.com you can also contact us on twitter and our handle for that is at darkdweller74 Uh, there is a facebook group or it's not a group; it's a, a page that you can like. But there is a Facebook group that you can join. It's just not very active right now. But you can join the page, which is a little bit more active. And uh, the address for that is uh, www.facebook.com/slash/wheredarknessdwells. Speaking of where darkness dwells, there is a website where all this happens. There's a blog too, where some exciting stuff is being uh, written about. and uh, you can find that at www.wheredarknessdwells.com and i think that's it i think that is all the bases covered so uh next week michael and i should be back with a proper uh in time at least in present time episodes and uh that will be next week uh, i was just about to spoil what it is but i don't think i need to do that because you're going to be back aren't you and you're going to listen and uh we appreciate your uh, your listening so until then good night and, and sweet, sweet dreams. Dream.